The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts and guests of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs broadcasted on this station. If you would like to know more about Valley Free Radio, please visit us at valleyfreeradio.org. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Michael Dow, and with me tonight are uh, George Claxton. Good evening to Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. <laughs> and Susan Timberlake. <laughs> I should have done that in reverse order, if only I'd known. <laughs> I was trying to spell Susan, but I blew it. So. Yeah. I don't know the Morse code for that. So They don't even teach it in the Navy school anymore. Yeah, and like whenever it comes up on TV, whoever it is always knows it and like knows it well enough that they can they can just pick it up in midstream and know what someone's yeah. doing. And I'm like, yeah. I I would not succeed at that. I'd be like, wait, what? Wait, no, which was that? Was that an oh crap? <laughs> I, I was actually reading something about the early days of Morse code, the old west, and apparently the people that did the sending of the information all the time could not only know what you were sending by listening to the clicks oh, and stuff. Oh, I thought you were they who was sending it. They, uh, they also knew who was sending it by the style they were sending it in. Yes, that was called an operator's <coughs> fist. And that was actually an issue, uh, actually something that continued even in, de- even in the era of the Vietnam War uh, when the, uh, the NVA would send coded signals uh, by a sort of, you know, coded Morse, you know, coded dots and dashes or whatever. Um, uh, the... Uh, uh, operators from the CIA would sort of know, like, oh, this is being sent by this person and whatnot. So. Well, you know, when you listen to your favorite classical guitarist, you can often tell who it is by the, you know, the attack on the note and yeah. just yeah. all that little stuff. Uh huh. It's amazing all kinds of the things we can pick up, even for something like that. There was an interesting book. Um, I don't think Trump has that kind of intuition about others, though. Do you think? He I think he may. I don't think it's possible for him to have it because it's not about him. Well, all right, I just want to mention there's a great book called The Victorian Internet. If you're interested in the history of early telegraphy and sort of the culture that grew up around it, a uh, fascinating book came out about 10 years ago. Um, as for Trump, I think I don't think it's that Donald Trump lacks the ability to study other people and understand them at all. I think it's more that he has very little ability to empathize with them and only studies other people when he feels it's you know, relevant to his interests. Oh. Uh, I don't think he has any ability to empathize with anyone. Right. But, I mean, there's a difference between understanding and empathy. And knowing like, that I poker be, tell. Right. Well, I mean, you know, like, all right, it's a totally fictional example and it's extreme. But, I mean, like, <laughs> take, like, you know, like the Hannibal Lecter types, you know? Like, he's he's not real, but there are people kind of like him who are real. And the point is, it's like he could understand what people were thinking and what they were doing. He just didn't care. In order that's, to no, use it. That's yeah. the empathy. I think Trump has at least some ability to figure out what's going on with people, you know, when it's relevant to his interest, at least in some circumstances. Look but how I just he don't, works the crowds he, up. Right. I mean, he gets that. He get, understands the media. He understands, like, at least how that process works. He just doesn't care about so much of it. You know? Yeah, he understands... 
how to gin up a crowd because right. he understands sales. Right. And that's basically what he's doing. But right. sales well, is an intuitive right. adventure. That you requires to, insight. Yeah. So my, my point is, like, I'm not disagreeing. Well, yeah, but I would point out that some of the truly psychotic people of history have been salesmen. Yeah. Sure. Hitler, for example. But I mean, so that's insight versus empathy is my only distinction. Did you like what Arnold um, did back to him the second time he picked on him for ratings? Oh, yes. (laughs) I love Arnold. Yeah. uh, uh, If you haven't seen that, I'm sure John can find it and link to it. It was uh, just a cute little... A thing where Donald Trump was uh, was the national prayer breakfast. Uh, uh, President Trump was yes. yeah. opened up by basically uh, uh, digressing onto how the ratings of his old TV show aren't as good under Arnold Schwarzenegger. And this is the second time he's brought it up because the right. first yeah. night of the show he said it, right. and now and, it's been. And on. keep in mind, this is the president of the United States who's ragging on a, a major Hollywood star for not being what he wants him to be. I just <coughs> loved it cuz Arnold Schwarzenegger was the governor of California the you know yes. well, I think largest as, state. I think as much as anything the point is uh, uh, the the point of a point of this particular the thing we can take from this particular little <coughs> incident is that Donald Trump, <laughs> Donald Trump is really insecure. Because here's the thing, like for a long time he's really thought of himself as celebrity and who's a bigger celebrity than an A-list movie star? And I don't know if Arnold Schwarzenegger is truly an A-list movie star anymore. He's an action hero. Well, but which I mean, is di- different, but yeah. Well, in terms of in terms in of terms of the power of making money, yeah, which he is was what I think top. Donald Trump really cares about. Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. made a lot of money with his movies. Hold and, on, hold on. Twins was a tour de force. <laughs> that was because that, of Danny that, DeVito. That was genre speaking. <laughs> that was Danny DeVito. That was our producer genre, and <laughs> he's was, absolutely it carried, right. It was carried by Danny DeVito. Of, of course, genre also likes Legends of Tomorrow, so <laughs> that tells you something about his taste. Hey, hey, hey! Now, no nerd fighting in the in the control room, okay? Did you see the graphic <laughs> art, the graphic con- graphic novel article two days ago in the Gazette? It was all about the history of. No, I didn't. I meant to save it for you. I'm oh, sorry thank you. I, I appreciate that. And Bef- I didn't. I don't. Before think we go so too worry. far afield, yes. though, we well, were we starting have, but, yeah. to talk about the problems. With uh, diplomacy. <laughs> Actually, we weren't talking the, about that at all yet, the, but the that was where we planned to the, go. The lack of diplomacy. Um, for those of you who haven't heard about it, uh, Donald Trump was having a fight with the Australian PM, uh, Prime Minister, and John Turnbull, I believe, allegedly hung up on him in the middle of the conversation. Well, now mm-hmm. the PM says that that didn't happen. However, there are people who were in the room with him who say that it did. Just as the AP report on Donald Trump's communication with Peña Nieto, the president of Mexico, says that Trump threatened to send American troops across the border. Now, the Mexican president said that didn't happen, but I would point out that Donald Trump has made that threat before, and they had a transcript of the communication the AP had a transcript of the communication which said that he did say it. How could they have a transcript? It's actually... Because somebody in the president's office in Mexico sent it to them. Well, also, uh, I believe like a call like this might well be transcribed. Yeah, but it's it's pretty confidential. I think somebody in the White House is trying to do the Donald in. Well, that could be, but... Uh, well, well, I, well, no, like, I, I know for a fact that the AP got this in Mexico. And there's lots and lots of leaks in, in Mexico? In gov- well, well, in government in general. Sure. As we've seen 
from the Trump White House where there's clearly infighting going on there. I think there's only going to be two or three yeah. people left in the White House. Of yeah. Ivanka, Donald Trump. And Jared Kushner and Steve Bannon. And Steve Bannon, yeah. yeah. So, Not so even the son-in-law? That's, that's Kushner. Jared Kushner. Uh, yeah. So did you see what him. his daughter did? Jared Kushner's daughter? I did not. The granddaughter of Donald Trump, she sang a song in Chinese, wishing them a happy new year. And it was on, um, oh, nice. I think it was on Pinterest. I forget where they put it. But um, so it, it's viral. It went viral. And if you listen to it, it actually sounds like Clementine, the song oh. Clementine. The, the nice too. melody. Yeah. 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 But the Chinese were very impressed. And I thought, don't oh, nice. fall for it. <laughs> well, no. I mean, they, Go ahead they, and be they, by are, they don't like Donald Trump any better because a little girl sang a song. They thought it was cute that a little American girl was singing a song in Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is that And is Ivanka, Ivanka put, her, put her up to it, which uh, I think Ivanka's going to However, the, the Chinese diplomacy. still loathe. Donald Trump, and at this point, so do most of the leaders in the world. The head, uh, the chair of the European Union, for example, has publicly named Donald Trump to be an external threat to the EU. The guy that Donald Trump is putting forward as the ambassador to the Court of St. James, that's the British ambassador, our uh, ambassador to Britain, has already said that his goal is to dismantle the European Union. Sounds well, like when you send I'm Bolton to the are, UN. Seriously? <laughs> well, we'll see if the guy gets confirmed. Guess who they're trying to send to the Vatican as an ambassador? Not John Callista Gingrich. Yeah, Nudie's, Nudie's wife. Wait, his latest wife? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with the yeah. silvery hair? Yeah. No, it's just, you know, like there's, there's been a couple of them. Six? Three of them. Six? Anyways, three? Yeah. Three. So well, quickly, one, of, one of which <laughs> he served with six? divorce papers yeah. while she was recovering from chemotherapy in the hospital. Yeah. So, so Sue, you've actually had, like, a little experience working in government with uh, Republican administrators. I mean, like, you had— You mean, like, um, Charlie? <laughs> Well, I, mean, I meant like uh, the, like you had at least something to do with the Romney administration. I don't remember exactly yeah, what. I, mean. I was in a, a, uh, under A and F. Right. Okay. So like you might want to tell people what A and F is. Administration and finance. Okay. Yeah. So you've got some idea of how government operates in and the information technology right. division. So I'm just saying, like, like as someone who has at least a little bit of, you know, insider experience. Obviously, not with Donald Trump directly, and you haven't worked in the White House, but nevertheless, you've got more than I have. <laughs> so. I'm just curious. More like, experience with campaigns than with, yeah. Right. But as, well, and as someone who's got experience with, also with the Republican Party, what are you seeing in this? Lifelong are, Republican, would you say? Well, you say. <laughs> well, I don't know. Would you say? Yeah, I do say. You, you came out of the womb and you were like, I like Ike. <laughs> I did, actually. <laughs> well, frankly, I like Ike, too. But yeah. <laughs> he won a war. He won a big he, war. He I'm, was considerably better than all of the Republicans that came after him. Ike, Ike was pretty cool. So um, I'm just like, uh, just wondering if you have any particular AUH2O64. Yeah, I was wondering if there was any Gold sort water. of insight <laughs> or, you know, just like any. What's striking you as you as you watch this? Are you like, are you seeing like like the 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 press I'm seeing, which has uh, I'm reading a lot of liberal opinions he, who are like the is, Trump administration's out of control <laughs> and they're not doing anything right. But what do you he's think? He's totally spinning them. They have no clue what they're doing. They follow these who? shiny the press, the okay. media. I don't think they have a handle on it at all. The, the media doesn't, or does the Trump administration? So they know what they're doing. Do you think they're they're operating I, on all cylinders? I I do think they're operating on all cylinders. 
um, not the kind of car I would drive. I think what they're doing is, is in some sense, is incredibly elegant and scary because what I think they're doing is they're distracting people. Okay. And you have to, well, we said this last week, you've got to really watch what they're actually doing. Okay. Well, I'd like to add at this point, I completely disagree with Susan on this. I don't think that the Trump administration has the faintest idea what they're doing. They're contradicting each other constantly. You have Kellyanne Conway showing up on a show and then you have somebody else showing up on a different one of the morning shows saying something exactly opposite to what she said. You have them talking about... Cognitive dissonance is the tactic. I don't think it's a tactic. I think they simply have no idea what they're doing. Plus, you, you have a group of people saying, you know, what, how they back Israel in expansion of the settlements in Israel, and then you have the official announcement saying, oh, no, we're asking Israel to stop with the uh, To with not, the not approve new, new settlements. No, you, you, that's, you guys didn't read it carefully. What, what Trump said is stop announcing it. He didn't say oh. stop doing it. He said yes, stop but announcing I would, it. I would point out that the but official all the people in the State Department said stop doing it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's where you've got two different groups of people and they in the be White House who are fighting each other. anything until they speak to him. Part of this is he's trying to get a handle on the on well. get control, which is why he's gag order. He is the total strong man. He is trying to just... Well, he thinks of himself, maybe. He's, he, you know, he's but trying he's trying actually to, not a strong he's man. Trying well, he's trying to retake the White House. In that style, yeah, I, he's yeah. a malignant narcissist. Yes. So anyway, um, can I recommend a book? I Absolutely. finally just got a copy I of think this. I've, I've is this your book, things? Susan? Uh, no, <laughs> this is uh, General Mattis, and he wrote it a while ago. He's actually he's one of the editors. Oh, James Mattis. Yep, and he's the general who's now our Secretary of Defense. Yes. And it's um, warriors and citizens. Yeah, it just American I got American views of our military. I had to get it from the Boston Public Library, who sent it out here to the Lilly Library. Uh-huh. But it's really interesting, and it's all about the relationship of things. And having I read, I skipped to Where's the chapter. Where's the Lilly Library? Uh, in Florence, East East Hampton. Oh, oh yeah, that's the one in Florence. Florence. Um, Sorry, the Williston Library in East Hampton. So it's across the street. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's right, right over there. <laughs> it's it's right really here. close by. Um, it's lovely, by the way. Yeah, and they're really good at getting things that are hard to get, and they got me this. I'm very. Oh yeah, happy. no, the Lilly Library. Uh, uh, as I've everybody I know who's like patronizes and sort of checks out the various yeah. local libraries speaks really highly of the Lilly. Well, I think it's because they can do all the things the big ones can, and you don't get the. Yeah. You know, it's easy to park. So that's anyway. I read his chapter, which is actually about all the data and what it actually shows about volunteer armies versus, um, you know, draft armies and stuff like that. It's really good. Okay. So um, I just want to mention this is civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. So go ahead, Sue. Sorry, I just yeah. You know. So when you when you listen to him, he's in uh, Mattis is in Indonesia and Japan right now, right? He took uh, yes, off on a on plane a trip, yeah. yes. immediately, and he also what did he he did something before he left. Um, oh, I can't think of what it was, but it was something. Oh, he was trying to. He was creating a list of all the people that had helped the Army, Marines, Navy, and Air Force in Iraq, Afghanistan, to make sure that their green cards are in order. So he's he's insisted on and is creating a list for at least the people that he has mm. knowledge of to try and help make sure they get through with no problem. Well, so. well, the yeah. people with the green cards already can by court order. And although depends some of the which people airport in, you go well, to, well, if you let me finish. Sorry, uh, it depends a lot on who you're dealing with from the Department of Homeland Security. Now, all of us in the Department of Homeland Security have been ordered to follow the court orders. 
but some of them, some of the people are not, and those people should get spanked for that. Court orders, in other words, not from the executive branch, but from the local court, the local. Um, well, no, there court. there was a decision made by a court in New York and that Massachusetts applies naturally. Too. The one in Massachusetts only applies to Boston. Oh, okay, all right. It's a much it's a much wider scope of finding, but it only applies to Boston. The other one is a much narrower scope. But applies nationally. This is a federal court. It's a federal court. It's the yeah, federal like district a state court, court. Wouldn't have jurisdiction. Yeah. You know, uh, it's the federal district court in Manhattan, and the judge there told uh, the lawyers when they were there arguing the matter that um, the ACLU has a really good chance of winning the overall case, which would basically strike down what uh, Trump has done. Mm-hmm. I would also point out that in terms of international relations. Trump has threatened to pull American troops out of South Korea if yeah. they don't pay more. South Korea already pays the most of any country where there are American troops. Right. But well, he has threatened to pull the troops out, and he said he'll, he'll so give South c- Korea nuclear weapons to defend themselves from the north. He's not pulling them out so he can bomb uh, so, Kim so Jong-un? Basically, he would nuclearize the Korean Peninsula, and I don't think China would like that very much. I'm, I'm sure China would not like a nuclear-armed South Korea. Do I don't think, think they're happy about a nuclear-armed North Korea, and North Korea is no. at least technically their ally. So do you think it's possible that Trump is trying to make sure that China starts to pay attention? I no, have. I think Trump really has no idea what he's doing, and that he has no idea at all the effect his words are having around the planet. Yeah. Because he keeps doing this over and over again, and people keep saying, are you out of your freaking mind? Including the the British government, where they've already got millions of people who have signed a petition to keep Trump from visiting Britain. Especially the Queen, <coughs> right? Because they don't want to humiliate the, crane, well, the Queen. Well, the Queen can simply say she wouldn't meet with him. Yeah. Yeah. No. People forget just how much power the queen actually has. And then there's the problem with eastern Ukraine, where the Russians are clearly running the war there. And they've escalated it. And they've escalated it. And you've got one part of you've got one part of the government the current government saying rah rah Russia and the other part saying, you know, you Russians better stop this stuff. And the You've got groups in the White House who are clearly fighting each other over this. Right. <coughs> I haven't heard well, anything of the position of the White House on the Ukraine yet. Have you heard anything? Oh, yes. There was an official announcement from the anti-Russian branch yeah. saying that the Russians need to back off. Yeah. That's what I'd heard, too. From Do you know where in government it came from? Which it, State Department, I thought. Yes. And there was a statement out of somebody in the White House. Yeah. So today, yeah, and the State Department he, did he get approved today? Tillerson, Tillerson? is Tillerson is now has been confirmed s- is today. Secretary of State, okay, yes. yeah, yeah. So, so you'll start to see that be more con- coherent, probably. <coughs> well, that'd be nice. So, so cir- <laughs> circling back to what I was talking about earlier. So, so Sue, you see this as like this is clearly chaotic, intentionally. Like, but you think it's intentionally chaotic. I think this it's is in part Trump's totally. management style. And when he's he's sort of sending, you know, shocking messages to South Korea, for example. The he's idea that dusting he, him back from the plate, as they say in baseball. <laughs> and 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 like it, we may think it's a tremendously misguided play, oh, but he nevertheless actually has a plan. You don't think it's just him flailing around doing whatever comes to mind at, at the moment. Well, I think he does do that, but I th- I think mm-hmm. oh those aren't my glasses. Um, I th- I do think that there's method in his madness. 
I think he's really he is. Well, gonna... there's certainly madness in his method. <laughs> that was going to be my line. So yeah, but I. Th- and I don't think Trump could even spell hawk or hands off. So who knows? <laughs> I I. I think it's his style, and he's going to turn over the apple cart, and he doesn't care if all the apples get crushed in the process. He is he are, is taking are, over the White House. Are we the are we the apples in this? We metaphor? might be the apples. Yeah. Okay. And the people who are trying to immigrate are coming in on you know well, specialized right. green so, cards. So, and so, so, so basically, you're saying he's psychotic. No, I'm just saying. I that mean, if you sell apples and you overturn the apple cart and squish the apples, that's not the sign of a sane person. <laughs> Our military does it all the time. My cabbages. I would completely disagree with <laughs> that, too. <laughs> so, I broke genre, sorry. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Is our hour over yet? <laughs> no, no, we still got a little ways to go. But, um, so, so one of the, uh, so, so sort of, I think sort of connecting these various threads is one of the things that's... That, oh, good luck. <laughs> well, one of the things that came out today, in terms of our discussion, yeah. um, is uh, uh, there was a statement from the, uh, somebody at the State Department, I forget who, but the, um, the announcement is that the uh, executive order that the president signed, canceling people coming in from se- those seven oh, the travel, countries, yeah. um, that that ban has permanently uh, uh, canceled about 60,000 visas. That's a lot of people who've been sort of caught up in this net without any kind of warning. And Do you think it's true? What that the State Department officially no, said? No, the, the State Department people? has already. Canceled I mean, it. all right, like maybe it's not, but if so, the State Department should know and should be giving us accurate so, information. So, <laughs> like I, I, would, <laughs> I would point out that we do know yeah. absolutely that there are many, many people yeah. whose visas were canceled as yeah. soon as the executive order was written. The State Department started canceling the visas. Yeah, and I've been hearing stories about like you know a little baby from uh, Iraq. Oh no, Iran, yeah. who, who like. Like they they don't have like like needs needs heart surgery and like has an uncle in uh, Portland Oregon and so the the, the child was going to be flown to the uh, Oregon Health and Sciences University Hospital which would have the proper equipment to save this child's life and the visa has been canceled so, so will the child my, be able to fly there in time before they they die My understanding is that child has been flown to Canada. I was going to say, oh, fly good. to Canada and take the ferry over to... Uh, no, the child has been flown to Canada where she will receive medical care. There is, however, at least one known case of a woman who is coming here for medical care on a visa who has died as a result of Trump's actions. So I have a friend who owns an apartment out towards Pittsfield. Mm-hmm. Many apartments, actually. She lives in a... She has like a... You know, an apartment building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just got... 29 days notice, 28 days notice from one of her tenants, a couple who is going to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and she's upset because she didn't get 30 days notice. Wait, but they're actually moving to Canada? They're actually moving to Canada. I mean, this I know this person really well. This is a really true story. No, I believe you. I'm just like, oh, so this is this is like, yep. No, you know how people say they're moving to Canada? Well, there's two people who are and they following may, through. I, I happen they to know him. a couple that has already moved to New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there are people fleeing the city. And if you yeah. have a dual, somebody else returned their um, dual passport from Mexico. I saw that in the news too. That they returned their their American yeah. passport. I wouldn't do that. The um, the story about forever. the uh, it, I believe it was the story about the um, the soldiers, the soldiers' mom that was in Iraq. Uh, that was actually a fabrication. I don't think that the one I'm thinking of involved a soldier. Is it okay. the one with the purple heart? Where the soldier here gave them a yeah. purple heart. Was it that one? No. Oh. Okay. 
That's not true because I saw that on um, NPR. Oh, fake news. NPR got that Yeah, point? fake oh. news. They had footage and people, everything. A lot of people got, uh, a lot of um, the sources got that wrong, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, they had tape but, and but everything. But given the thousands of people who got hosed by this, it's not exactly surprising that well, there'd and, be and, more and, than one story And it's people tr- fleeing dangerous situations and whatnot. Yeah. Well, and, and, more, and more to the point, it's not like the people who got visas. People coming to this country, especially from uh, countries where there is... You know, like it's hard to get a visa. Right, it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy to get a Sometimes visa. Sometimes two or three years. Right, so it's well, it's, I, I would point out that uh, the vetting for refugees coming to the United States is a minimum of one year. Right, it okay. usually takes two years. Well, and for the vetting to be complete, yeah. all kinds of visas. So, so all of the talk of you know these refugees being brought in without vetting is. Both absurd right. and lie, and that was a that was the root of the of the apparent blow up between President Trump and Prime Minister Turnbull from Australia, because the Obama administration had agreed to take I think twelve hundred and fifty refugees somewhere in that number who were uh, basically not even in Australia, but on an island sort of internment camp controlled by the Australians. Uh, and, and were there Sudanese or were they? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, some of them were Syrians. Yeah. Some of them come from other places. And and I'm glad we I'm I'm sad we all only agreed to take half of them. I think the president should have offered to take them all. Um but in any event, uh President Trump was calling it a terrible deal and whatnot and later went on Twitter Twitter to describe them as illegal immigrants, which I had to find particularly astonishing because of course if we vetted them and they're they have visas they are ipso legal. facto no longer illegal immigrants. I mean, the whole illegal immigrant phrase has a lot of problems with it. But, I mean, they are definitely not here without our permission when we give them permission to come. And that was sort of the whole point. And it just, like, it's like he can't see the difference between, you know, any kind of, you know, between, like, uh, 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 a foreigner who happens to want to, like, like, a foreign terrorist and any kind of foreigner. Like, all foreigners are dangerous aggressive and and could could kill us at any time i remember when we used to call them foreign languages and now they're called world languages and i just take i don't know anybody who calls them world i've languages. never heard that expression y- yeah yeah in boston they're world languages they're not foreign languages well, I've heard in, of the in boston <laughs> to whom i seriously doubt that everybody I, I, in boston is saying i've heard this. of the world language institute yeah in they've changed the name because foreign has an implication so people have started right. well, no, wait it. wait let's go back a minute but who that's, has made this well, there's a, there's newton arlington wellesley weston you know but you're saying that these cities have officially made cities this and towns change. yep in all their school departments. Okay, because I've never heard this, and as we've just seen, nobody else in this room has ever well, heard no, of this. I mean, but I mean, we, I, we, call, we still call them foreign languages around yeah. here. Well, well, anyway. No, I mean, in I, the schools and right, in the I, government. I, 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 but it's a PC thing. Well, I can see th- I can see the logic. I mean, after yeah. all, the point is they're all human languages spoken on this world. Yeah. So, sure. So let me make your hair... I uh, mean, after all, someone who only speaks Spanish can still be just as American as I, right? Oh. No? Genre says no? Ah. Oh. <laughs> And, so, and that will bring us to another thing on my list. Well, right. could I just tell a quick... We got, I just want to tell this story because S- Stacy is going to run in here and stab me with a fork when she hears this story I'm going to tell. But no. when William Weld was governor and he started to make a lot of changes in the state house, I mean, like, really serious, like, big time. Like what? Big league changes. Um, 
changing how things were funded, who reported to whom. Okay. Um, no, I just I eliminating didn't. lots of stuff. You know, it was re-engineering. He was re-engineering state government. Twenty-five years later, I don't really remember what he did. Yeah. So. Right. And <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people do who were there. Yeah. One of the things that would happen is that you go to make a change to this department, uh-huh. and instead of doing the change you asked them to make, they kill all the children, and it ends up on the front page of the Globe. What? I'm I'm exaggerating, but they th- they deliberately screw it up to Wait, make. When look you good. do that particular exaggeration, you should <laughs> note beforehand that it's satire or an exaggeration. Yeah, so that you is. Mean, you mean t- they they botch what they were supposed to do del- deliberately, deliberately, as a way of, as and a, make it really bad as a way of sort of yep. So resisting. so okay. in in Belmont when they were going to um, do some changes to the fire department, they decided to close a firehouse instead of eliminating some of the administrative staff. So right. that a particular part of town would feel scared because their house would burn down. Right. That is what bureaucracies do. Right. So you tell the State Department, we're going to do this, we're pausing right now, and they cancel 60,000 visas. Well, but the, the, the Trump I'm order s- did, did have, have immediate effect. He didn't say, like, in a, within two weeks we are going to cancel, you know, like, like suspend travel. So right. Would I, I would also point out that, that, that the visas all have a specific date on them. It's a time period that you have to be there. So if you're saying we're cutting oh, really? this off for the next six months, that simply means those visas are now dead. I'm just oh, saying that I it, didn't know that. I've never had a visa. It's entirely possible that this is payback by the bureaucracy to make it even worse than it is so that everybody marches and everybody. And I've seen it before. So I'm not saying that this is entirely. I think Trump is bringing a lot of this on himself. But I just want to plan in your heads that occasionally a bureaucracy acts really badly when you start to put the pinches on it and it leaks and it tells stories that aren't true and it does fake news and it does all the things Trump did to get in. Well, we can talk about uh, about uh, something related to that with the raid in Yemen from last week, but we do have to if, get ready to take a break here in a moment. So yeah, so we're going to take a short break here on civil politics, uh, play some PSAs and other announcements, and then we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Have you always loved to read but find it hard to do these days? Forbes Library offers a variety of alternatives to keep you reading long into the night. A large selection of large print books, audiobooks, and easy-to-use e-books and e-audiobooks are available to borrow. You will find bestsellers, classics, and nonfiction offerings. Forbes Library is now affiliated with the National Library Service to provide audiobooks, magazines, and even the daily news for people with vision loss, difficulty holding traditional book or newspaper formats, and for people with certain learning disabilities. Our staff is happy to help you find just the book in just the right format. Call 413-587-1013 to find out more. Classical music on Valley Free Radio. Tune in to Andy Musik Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for an hour of beautiful music to start your day. Hosted by Lucy and Larry. You spin me right round, baby, right round. Shoes like a dog, 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 dog. 
Tune in to Subculture, the best in new wave, electro, dance, indie pop, and funk music. Friday nights from 8 to 10 here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJ 103.3 FM. Sundays at 10 a.m., WXOJ's radio show, Occupy the Airwaves, has the latest news from the occupation movement, locally, regionally, nationally, and around the planet. Tune in at 103.3 FM or webcasting at www.valleyfreeradio.org. Blogging at occupytheairwaves.wordpress.com. Listeners can call into the show at 413-585-1033. Valley Free Radio is a proud member of Pioneer Valley Local First. Pioneer Valley Local First, encouraging people to think local so they buy and bank local first. Pioneer Valley Local First also works to encourage companies in a friendly way to be socially, locally, and environmentally responsible. Thank you, Pioneer Valley Local First, for your support. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Hey, Mike, if people want to contact us, how do they do that? I was just thinking, crap, I didn't do that at the top of the hour. Thanks for the reminder, George. Um, The way you would get in touch with us is via email. It's civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. On Facebook, we are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. And uh, on Twitter, it's at CivilPoliticsFM. We also have a website, which is quite simply CivilPoliticsRadio.com. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, our website has recordings of previous episodes of the show. So, um, anyway, we were talking about uh, the bureaucracy and how things work, and um, there was a um, story... Uh, a raid that happened uh, last week about the um, a raid in Yemen yes. uh, conducted by SEAL Team 6 that apparently um, uh, went really, really badly. Um, and well, it, uh, it one of our soldiers a lot was on, killed. On how you are willing to gauge that. Yes, one of our people was killed, another one was wounded. But according to our military, we got 14 of the leaders of the bad guys. Um, And the Osprey went down and they destroyed it, right? Right. Well, those things always crash, so it's not... No, no, I meant they made sure that nobody could... Right. They blew it up. They blew it up. But, I mean, those things always crash. (laughs) They're not very good aircraft. Look how they tormented Jimmy Carter when when they had that problem, when they were trying to rescue hostages. And yet nobody's making fun of this. It's sort of interesting. Well, they did actually, you know, the mission more or less did go... It did actually end successfully, and people came home. But, oh, but I mean, you know, like an eight-year-old girl was killed, which is obviously not good. She is actually an American yeah, citizen, for that matter. Sixteen so. civilians, the last I heard. Right. So, so this was the first raid authorized by the Trump administration. And what I find interesting about it, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's never good when people get killed, but I can certainly understand why you'd send. And it was Yemen, right? In Yemen, yes. I can certainly and like there are real problems with the with the with the war that's happening in Yemen. And uh, my understanding is that our our friends and allies from Saudi Arabia have been bombing indiscriminately and creating all kinds of problems. So there's a lot to not like about the war in Yemen that's happening right now. But I certainly understand why 
a president of the United States would order attacks on terrorist leaders like al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, which I think is very strong in Yemen. So, you know, but setting all that aside, um, I just think it's really fascinating and possibly, I don't know, maybe maybe, uh, maybe troubling um, that the stories that's coming out, um, we're already hearing about real problems with this operation, and apparently people in the military are are calling it a screw-up and are blaming President Trump for it. And I find that fascinating, not because I have any sympathy. Because Obama or, planned it, right? It was a well, uh, well, not Obama personally, but it was, it'd was it been in the works from before the, Four months. before the Obama administration. And so to some extent, it's like, you know, like if they brought this operation to President Trump and they said, we're ready to go, and he approved it, then that's— And it that's, was a clear night or whatever it right, was that— Right, but is, I don't understand what's really going on, so I don't really understand a, what the issue is. Do either of you have any A answer? couple of things that, oh, thanks, that we need— to know about this is though is that one while the Trump administration is saying that this was planned by the Obama administration as it went off the people who were actually in the room during the Obama, Obama administration says say that that's a lie okay I mean, I, and, I don't know and that's possible and, that it's a lie and yeah. uh, I posted an article to Facebook about this genre if you go to my page you can find it there uh, but, yeah, according to the Washington Post today, uh, the people in the Obama administration say that the Trump administration is lying about this, that this was not the plan that they had set out. So Trump oh. put it together in a week and a half? No. Uh, they basically took uh, some information that was given to them by the Obama administration and then cobbled together a half-assed plan yeah, to I'd, send I'd, people in. I'd heard they basically, like, just, you know, went in half-cocked and— Took a like a skeleton idea that the Obama administration had, but I, I don't like. I'm so not you'd in have the military. to blame Mattis because he was approved the first day he was inaugurated. So yeah. Mattis is so it's Mattis. James fault. Mattis, General uh, Flynn, the head of the National uh, Security, well, the National I'm Security Advisor. I know, but I mean the National Seal Security Advisor apparently was. Uh, yeah, the, but it would have to go through the National Security so Council I, yeah. before they did anything. I'm sort of wondering. I I don't know if this is true. I didn't have a chance to look this up because as I was. Uh, uh, a friend of mine was uh, me- was talking about this with me, and he mentioned as I was heading over to the show that his understanding was that President Trump wasn't in the Situation Room when this happened; that he decided to go to bed and slept through the whole thing, which I think is uh, a, a, a you know sort of an astonishing decision. Was Mattis in the room? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't had a chance to look this up. This yeah. could be this could be like <laughs> you know like like you know speculation. Yeah. Right. It could be speculation. I mean. Not everything that, you know, uh, I hear from, you know, liberal talking points turns out to be true. Amazingly <laughs> enough. <laughs> Listen, I know how you feel given what I'm reading. I'm going, that right. can't be true. And There's some of no it is way. true. I mean, I could certainly believe that a 70-year-old man a, decided to go to bed. But, but the, was prob- the problem Largo is all of the stuff this that's, weekend? that's happening and we say that can't possibly be true. And then it turns out to be true anyway. Too, too much of it is true. Yeah. So what I, what I find fascinating about this in Cognitive part. Cognitive dissonance. Yes. <laughs> what I find fascinating about this in part is there's one thing I really, really, really respect about the American military, uh, and I think ma- that makes it really special in the history of the world, which is the broad-based and very strong uh, belief in the principle of civilian control. Yes. It's that, really reinforced in this book. Yeah. That, it's that, something. Like our, our soldiers— And the people like it. The population absolutely. at large. All the numbers show that people go, you well, know I what? Have, I have we real, trust the military. I do have some real trust for the military. I like the idea of a military coup, like the kind of thing that like Burt Lancaster was up to in Seven Days in May, which is a great <laughs> movie, by the way. Um, 
But like, you know, that's like that would be shocking. I would just be stunned if I, you know, any general in the U.S. military was planning a military coup. I just I could not imagine it. And that is a really rare thing in world history. So that's yeah. a very special thing. So it's kind of surprising that apparently, and I haven't heard any specific names, but apparently military officers currently serving are sniping about how this is being handled. Like, that's this is a brand new presidential Which, administration. Which, incidentally, is a violation of the UCMJ. Yeah, but Petraeus... That's the Uniform Code of Military I'm Justice. sorry, what's a violation? Uh, to badmouth the president? To badmouth the president. Yeah. It's a specific violation. Do you remember when... Well, then that's significant. In the Rolling yeah. Stone. Remember the guy that badmouthed Obama in the Rolling Stone article? Was it Petraeus? It wasn't Petraeus. It, it was, wasn't Petraeus. It no. was Chris... What was his name? He's a really famous general, and he 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 went on oh, yeah, 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 Stone, yeah, yeah, and I can't yeah, think yeah, of his yeah, name. Yeah. I, it wasn't Petraeus. It was Petraeus's former boss. I yeah, think, or something like that. the guy Crystal. who took over Mick after Crystal. him, Mick Crystal, General McChrystal. Yeah, that's General right. McChrystal. And it was horrifying that he said this horrible stuff about all the people that were in the in the White House yeah. and in the surrounding. I mean, it was awful. So they're capable of it. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I believe he was retired at that time, though. So I'm sorry, Jama, you had a no, the, question I, or no? You fired him. I yeah, can't find any confirmation about um, the Situation Room story. Right. Uh, that's not on any of our sources. Well, so, I mean, it, it, it may be just, you know, oh, man, I heard that, and, you know, I don't know. I, regardless. And the only place I can find is on, the like, the Daily Coast yeah. and the Hill yeah. and places like that. Yeah. Which are... Repeating which, stories, perhaps. Right. Which, I mean, it might even turn out to be true, and eventually a reputable source will report it. But, you know, I it's read Daily... It's not corroborated. I, <laughs> Daily Coast can be interesting, and I do read it sometimes, but I don't... And sometimes I don't think it's the best place things right <laughs> right sometimes <laughs> exactly yeah and, and, so and as a as a flaming lefty i have to be clear about that they're not always right <laughs> so i was horrified that the military so undermined obama during the mccrystal affair i thought that was horrifying well the military was like like he he was you know he was done with his career when that came out like like he was he was you know like but he did get fired he got yeah, fired, he did get fired. And, and he continued <laughs> to badmouth the president after yeah. that and, yeah. and 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 his colleagues were happy to pack his bags and show him the door yeah. so so yeah because so, he I mean, wasn't well liked in the military anyway and yeah. wasn't he part of the surge he was part of the they wanted yeah. more for the surge Back in iraq right? he was petraeus's boss i think yeah and they wanted oh, yeah. more people and than we they know got. what happened to petraeus too yeah, yeah. you know so I don't like it when the military is sniping. I'd rather they go through Mattis and Mattis tells them man to man. Well, I, I, I hope that's happening. But, but I mean, it's but just, I think maybe that's why he went to Indonesia. But it's also of a piece. Mike is making here, though, Sorry, is that they consider this so important that they consider the action so outrageous that they are willing to violate their oaths of office and military law in order to make these statements about this yeah. White House. I mean, they're talking... Uh, they're that, talking that means it's pretty important because it's not just coming from one but rogue if it's general. Off the record, it's coming from lots of people. I don't like that. If it's well, off the record, I don't well, like Half the things that are said by government, and I mean everybody in government at every level, are off the record. Uh, well, I, you know, it's. Uh, I specifically remember reading uh, reading an, uh, an article about this by Fred Ka Kaplan at Slate, who's a guy I think is is pretty solid, and he was he was he, the whole point of his article was like, I'm really surprised that these people I know in the military are speaking to me on condition of an anonymity, and they're telling me like, you know, like what does it mean that they are in a sense throwing the President Trump under the bus. I mean, as we know, I am not a fan of President Trump, but nevertheless, I'm like wondering, like, what is going on here? Yeah. You know, I, is this, did he really screw this up, or is this something he couldn't have if Mattis was already there? Mattis would take well, the fall for it. So well, I, I Mattis, I, I well, would, Mattis could screw out, up, and it's still you know, Trump's you were fault. talking about the Weld administration earlier. Back when I was a reporter, half the stuff I got from the Weld administration was 
at, was uh, on background, as we say, sure. where you don't specifically quote anybody, but you're getting it from a government official. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm sort of wondering, it was before my time, but shortly after uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy took office, there was the invasion of Cuba at the Bay of Pigs, which was he a, believed his generals too much. A massive. Yeah. Yeah. Massive. And he failure. never did that again. Right. And and I don't think And he'd even been in the military and right. they fooled him. Right. So on the one hand, that was an operation that had been years in the planning under the Eisenhower administration. So I don't think it's John Fitzgerald it's it's JFK's fault. The generals just talked him into doing it. Right. But on the other <laughs> hand, he was still president and he still said, Yes, go ahead. Yep. So it's still ultimately and the his stops there. Right. Yeah. It's his fault, even though like a lot of it wasn't his fault because yeah. he wasn't the one who who it made these all these mistakes leading up to it. So I'm sort of wondering. I think it's it's interesting to see this contrast with from a president I do respect to a current president that I don't respect. But nevertheless, yeah. you know, I I, I want to criticize President Trump for the right things. You know, for things that yeah. actually happened. <laughs> well, and Mattis should have said, "Don't do this," or "Do do this," or "We're ready to do this," or "We're not ready to." You know, whatever it was. Right. As, assuming, of course, that anybody actually talked to Mattis. Yeah, and that's, the Secretary of Defense. I can't imagine that he wasn't involved in this. Well, well, Chain that's of part of the problem. <laughs> he should have been involved in it. The rules say that he absolutely must be involved in well, it. But we know that this president often goes around the And he was in Japan and rules. Indonesia in the last four or five days. So. Well, this was before that. This was like <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, this was a week well ago. over a week ago now. Maybe so, that's why he went to Indonesia. He's like, come out get of out here. Of, <laughs> well, you think he's pulling like a Joe Biden in the onion, getting out of town to let the heat cool off? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. We shouldn't so. speculate, but... Right, exactly. Oh, my God. So I don't, I, 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 I'd like to know more before yes, I start... We, we are awaiting more information, <laughs> yeah. and we'll get back to you on this next week. Yeah, I hope so. By and the way, this is Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Thank you for listening. And don't uh, we like SEAL Team 6? Well, sure. But, you know, as much as I can like any band of highly trained uh, and well-equipped killers. Well, I like people who don't get shot. <laughs> God, I really hope President Trump didn't say that at that poor, to that poor fellow's family when he was, you know, meeting the body. At, at least uh, he went there to meet it. And Ivanka went with him, which was interesting. Yes, wearing a very stylish jacket. I sort of wonder if she's like, come on, Dad, you got to go. Who knows? Well, I think that's why I'd she like had to know why this woman I guess, is going to all of these official functions. Because her she mother is not. Has, I mean, her stepmother is not. She has no government position. Neither would the first lady. But yeah, if she, she went does. Along, what did he call her? He's, he's, he's named her to something unpaid. Right. But I mean, my point is like. If, Which is not an official government position. Right. But, but George, if Melania Trump went along with uh, President Trump. I'd still be very surprised, actually. Well, but I don't Particularly think. Particularly for this sort of thing. Sure. But I, I, don't th- I, I don't know how often. No one would criticize it. Right. No one would Nobody say. Nobody would criticize it. Of course yeah, not. Because so, the wife. This is the daughter. Well, but I mean, if but she's you always serving... need a woman nearby. Do you see how you can't just go do these official things without your hand? Well, you know, in case you need something to grab. <sighs> but yeah. look at how it's set up. I mean, the first lady has all these obligations that they may not be interested in. Right. So, what do you think about the fact that Melania Trump seems to be staying in New York and Woo-hoo! not engaging with them? Finally, the cost <laughs> of millions of dollars to the American people. Well, that's that sucks. But I totally understand her saying, "Look, I don't want to have anything to do with this whole circus." You know this, and they're not paying this, her, so she you know. right. You know, it's like I don't want. I like I don't want to be first lady. I don't want to yeah. have anything to do with all these ceremonial. So if she has jobs. to do all those ceremonial things. They should give her equal she, pay. Right. Well, I, she, I would, she doesn't I would have be, to do them, and she's not. <laughs> I would be more respectful of her if she just said, look, I'm filing for divorce today. You need to go away now. 
She wouldn't do that because the agreements. Didn't he get well, rid of Marla Maples just before the yeah. palimony thing? Well, what, what, whatever it was. What, the, whatever. The point is, like, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to end her marriage. She doesn't want her hus- her son to be run around in circles by all this stuff. And she doesn't want her son to be growing up in the White House. And she doesn't want her son. And she, and she likes New York. And she doesn't want to be part of it. I mean, like, like I'm not like a huge fan of Melania Trump, but I mean, these don't seem like bad decisions to me. I can understand <laughs> why you would choose to not be part of... And I'm totally fine with it. I think it's great. Because yeah. it makes us realize, I mean, I, why is Ivanka going? Why do we expect women to accompany men to events right. when they have no official I, role? I, 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 I do think out that, that Obama <laughs> went to a lot of events and uh, Michelle Obama did not accompany him to those events. Yeah. Sure. And other presidents went to a lot of events and their wives did not come along. So it's not necessary that that someone from the first family be there for most of these events. So I have no idea what he's thinking, but there's other things going on that we can talk about. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Like, like for example, the... uh, the announcement by the president that he plans to destroy the Johnson rule that keeps Johnson Amendment, yeah. the Johnson Amendment that keeps well, churches yeah. from funding it, campaigns. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's an it's in the tax code. I don't know sure yes. if it's an actual law or if it's just like it a is regulation. A law. Yeah, Johnson okay. passed yes. it in the fifties. 1954, I thought it was. 54, when he was a 54, senator. 54, 56, yeah. when he was a senator Johnson from Texas. Yeah. And he's being harassed by the churches. Right, yes. and and it said, like, uh, uh, tax-exempt organizations can't, may not, may not en- endorse political candidates. Um, under the 1954 legislation, You're right. um, uh, let's see, churches and other nonprofit organizations that are exempt from taxation are, quote, are absolutely prohibited from directly or indirectly participating in or intervening in any political campaign on behalf of or opposition to any candidate for elective public office. This doesn't mean, by the way, that the people in the church can't stand up and say, I hate liberals or I hate right-wingers. Or I'm for Hillary. You can... Not, as individuals. Well, no, you cannot stand up and, and the preacher cannot stand up there as the representative of that organization and say, I hate Hillary or I'm against Hillary. No, but they can do it on the street. They can do it as an individual. As an on individual, the street. certainly. Yeah. But what we're, that's not what we were talking about here. Yeah. We are talking about as an organization, you're supposed to lose your tax status if you start doing and, that. What, and and you can't preach what from the Trump, pulpit either. What Trump has said is that he, his intent is to put an end to that so that churches can, in fact, support particular candidates or oppose particular candidates. Even, even in their sermons in the middle of Sunday service or Saturday service if they're Jewish or well, however they do it. Yeah. Right, that's specifically what it's about. And he well, promised that during the campaign. And he, another yes, he, he went to yeah. churches all over and said, "I'm going to let you. I'm going to ungag you." Well, and I, I got to say, I'm, I'm astonished. Like the House, While gagging everyone else. Well, the, <laughs> the, the House of Representatives voted earlier this week to lift restrictions on dumping uh, uh, waste coal products waste. from from coal from coal mining into streams. Which I'm just like, why does anybody? Why would anybody be in favor of that? Um, unless you're like. Whatever. Like well, make, if you own a coal mine, you yeah. might. Yeah, but if you live nearby, you're the but, water. Yeah, like, yeah. Why, why, unless you actually. Yes, but the people that own the coal mines never live near the yeah. coal mine. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, and, recyclable materials in those tailings. So right. And the other thing, an- another them. thing is uh, the uh, uh, Trump wants to get, re- has signed a, uh, an executive order to do away with. Uh, Dodd Frank? Uh, 
Well, parts of Do- the Dodd-Frank <laughs> Act, uh, including one that Obama signed into law that requires uh, financial advisors to act with the best interests of their clients. And he just did that. He did That's not- a fiduciary duty. Not all financial advisors have that requirement, by the way. Yeah. So, And that's why you get some really shady advisors doing terrible, like terrible Wells things. Like Wells Fargo. But some of them have all- Illegally they- signed people up- for a well, variety. that was fraud, that, <laughs> yes. but that, that's going beyond the breach of fiduciary But there duty, have but. been some that have always been under that law, but that was yeah. a new Obama law. He just did that in the last two months. Right. And, and yes. so the question is, why did he wait? Why didn't he do that in the beginning of his term? Now it's now it can be overturned easily because it was within the last 60 legislative days. So why did Obama wait? That's what I want to know. We that, have no idea. That that law should have been on the books. It it well yes it ago. should have been, but it just I'm sure I'm sure that Congress was fighting it the entire time. Yeah. Just as they fought everything right. else, and I would point out another. And and, and the the the, uh, the objective, the the, re- the reason given for for appealing it is because they want to promote consumer choice. Like, <laughs> no, I you used to be defrauded. <laughs> yes, you you have the option to, to to have all your money stolen from you. Uh, Don't you? <laughs> another better? thing that uh, apparently the Republicans in Congress are working on is a rule that would uh, to overturn a rule that was established during the Obama administration that would keep people who receive Social Security benefits but are considered incompetent to handle their own affairs or actively insane, right now they cannot own firearms. They're trying to overturn that rule to allow people who are considered legally incompetent or insane to acquire and possess firearms. Uh... Uh, I know I'm again. I'm a flaming lefty, but that doesn't seem like necessarily a good idea. I'd say, as a gun owner, that's an extraordinarily bad idea. You'll be happy to know, as citizens of Massachusetts, it will not affect anything here, as state law already prohibits such people from acquiring f- firearm permits or possessing firearms. And again, that was one of the ones that Obama did in the last 60 legislative days. I mean, the stuff that's susceptible is the stuff that he did at the end. The well, actually, no. The Cong- this is being done in Congress, and Congress can always overturn an executive yes. order. Yes, yeah. and they can always write new laws. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. so a lot of you know heat and light, a lot mm-hmm. of thunderbolts. You know, look over here. We're big, tough guys. We're taking on North Korea. I mean, it's a show. It's and it's all to terrorize people um, and that's to South put Korea, people. By <laughs> South Korea, um, actually, probably North Korea too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, North Korea already has nukes. Right, but but Trump probably wants to scare the crap out of them too. Well, I yeah, think that's what he's doing. And getting the problem China. with this, of course, is that if you give South Korea nukes, you've got a country in the north who's really willing to use nuclear weapons, and I think. That if they think they're about to be overrun, they would. I suppose that's possible, yeah. So look at the arenas that Trump is doing this in. There isn't one place that you, let me guess, I bet there's not one place that you guys don't feel a little vulnerable of what he's doing. One area of your life, except for Uh, that we live in Massachusetts. Well, I I would point out that any time a psychotic clown starts dancing around with live grenades in the room that you're sitting in, I, you're going to feel vulnerable. Yeah, and he's hitting every, you know, contaminating, getting rid of, you know, the Paris climate change, all that stuff. He is hitting every topic that makes people crazy. Well, I'll tell you one thing, just for me personally, like I enjoy a lot of security and whatnot in my life, and it's great, a lot of advantages. But, um, you know, uh, 
one of the people who helps take care of my mother, you know, who has, you know, some health issues and whatnot, uh, is a Muslim from Hi, Mom. Is, is a Muslim from North Africa. Yeah. So, you know, like if suddenly like Trump's like, oh, you people got to get out. Like, that's a really good friend of my mom's, a really wonderful person who I really like. And like, what would we do? He's integral to your family. Yes. Yeah. So I think he's doing it on purpose. Well, I don't like it. I wish he'd stop. And I do think we should all watch to see what yeah. actually happened. I think um, Betsy DeVos is the only one that's at risk, right? She's the only cabinet one that they at may the have moment. enough votes to, to overturn. We'll so. see. Yeah. So one thing, uh, really quick before we go today, the um, today Bandcamp, uh, Bandcamp.com, they sell a lot of independent musicians uh, put their music on there to sell CDs and and downloads. They uh, are donating all of their proceeds and any of their share of the profit um, from the uh, from the sale to the ACLU. So if you go to Bandcamp, this is me saying this, not the station. But if you go to Bandcamp today, if you're thinking about buying any independent artists. any anything that it, a little offbeat it's a great resource and uh all of the all the proceeds are going to go to the aclu and a lot of artists are doting their shares also right so and the aclu is in there where there's like five groups that are suing about the immigration yeah. ban stuff yeah, so the they're, ACLU, they're really working hard i like the work the aclu does i'm glad yeah. i support them so speaking of music uh we need to end up be- wrap up tonight because uh in just a few minutes we're going to start subculture here on valley free radio so thank you all for listening tonight to civil politics and we'll be talk back again to talk more next week including about uh judge gorsuch and uh, what the democrats can do about him Oh, my God, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, I know. Too much to talk about. (laughs) Embarrassment of riches. So, uh, but that's all for Civil Politics tonight here in Valley Free Radio. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Good night.